Welcome to our Friday morning chapel. It's a privilege and pleasure to have you with us. Uh, We're going to have our reading ahead of time today because the hymn we're going to sing is based on that reading. It's one of Jesus' great parables, um, the the parable of the ten virgins, the five wise and the five foolish. And um, Jesus is here using this as a picture of of his return. He's promised that he will return on the last day and um, our preparedness are being ready for that. So uh, let's hear the reading. We'll have our devotion on that following, but then uh, after the reading, we'll sing the hymn. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven shall be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Now, the hymn that we're about to sing, based upon that text, a beautiful hymn written by a Lutheran pastor in the 1500s named Philip Nikolai, and it was put to music by, uh, the setting we have is by Johann Sebastian Bach. And we're going to sing the first two verses. Just a little explanation The word Zion in here is a way of oftentimes in the Bible referring to the believers in Christ who are waiting for him. And Jerusalem is also a a term that's sometimes used for that as well. So let's now join together in singing the first two verses of our hymn.
Please be seated. Years ago when I was living in Minneapolis, my father came to visit and um, had driven up the highway from Mankato and on his way apparently had observed an accident. And um, that night as we were watching the news, sitting on the couch, talking a little bit, suddenly he said, turn it up, I want to hear this. And uh, there was a, a, a report about the very accident that he had just driven past a few hours earlier. And apparently there was a large semi-trailer truck that had tipped over at an intersection near Shakopee. And it crushed a small car, completely crushed and flattened a small car. And the report said that inside of that car was a man who was in his mid-twenties. This was on a Friday afternoon, late afternoon, probably a little before supper and this man had just been killed instantly. <clears throat> and I remember my father uh, was very interested in, in this, and uh, we listened to the whole report, and then he said, just think of that guy. He's on his way home from work, probably got all these ideas in his head of what he's going to do that weekend, and just like that, he's in eternity. Just like that. His life's over, and he's in eternity. And then my dad asked the really penetrating question. I wonder if he was ready. I wonder if he was ready. The text in front of us that I read earlier about the five wise and the five foolish virgins is kind of a shocking lesson from Jesus to us to sort of wake us up and to keep us prepared for the day that he comes back. And, or for the day that, that our lives maybe suddenly come to an end, even in a way we might not expect. This parable is probably, for me, one of the most pertinent lessons that I need to keep studying and learning throughout my life. And the early church, the early Christians realized this too. They made sure to put this right at the end or beginning of the church year, every year, to make sure that, that it kind of helped to refocus things. Now let's notice some important details first about the five foolish virgins. Because really the lesson for us to learn is in their situation, mostly. Okay, let's learn some things from them. And let's understand who they were. So first of all, they are waiting for the bridegroom. We're not talking about rank unbelievers here. They are waiting for the bridegroom. Okay? They, they knew about Christ, and they knew that they were supposed to be waiting for him. Secondly, they are in the physical proximity of the five wise virgins. They're in the company of other Christians. They're in congregations. They are in part of what we would call the visible church in the world. Okay? They also know the significance of the oil that's in their lamps, which is there to represent faith and being ready for Christ by having faith and trust in him. And so they, they know that. And they, they even know that they should ask for more of it when they run out. So they're well aware of the importance of faith. These aren't people who are completely unbelievers in things. Uh, they know the things of the church. And they even know where to go and get more oil. They know where to go and find more things that will strengthen their faith and keep them ready for this coming Savior. So these are all things that they're well aware of. And they understand the significance of waiting for him so that they can go into the wedding hall. And uh, they do expect to enter that wedding hall, which of course is a picture for us of, of heaven. Now, there's a lesson inside of this, I know for me, if not for you too, 
And that is that we can easily, we can very easily belong to the visible outward church that is in the world and be a part of that and, and sit along with the church and everything else, but at the same time possibly not, ha- not be actually prepared in our hearts for the coming of our Lord. There's a passage in the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah that often hits me when I hear it read in church, usually every year, and it says this, These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Has that ever happened to us where where we we are honoring God with our lips and yet maybe our hearts are very far away from God? Uh, There's a danger that can happen to me, I know, where I can can kind of just go through the the lip service and saying the right things and kind of acting the right way, but maybe... Maybe down in my heart, I'm not really penitent for my sins and I'm not really caring so much about the things of God and and my Savior. On top of that, I know the world likes to kind of chatter with me and talk to me and and tell me that you don't have to waste your whole life on this Christianity stuff. You can come back to it someday when you get older. You got plenty of time to think about that. Could be that 24-year-old man or so that died in that accident. Maybe he, we don't know his spiritual life, but is it possible that he had grown up in the faith? But maybe for a lot of young people at that stage in life, it's like there's a lot of other more important things for me to be concerned about. And we don't want to miss out, of course, on all the great stuff that is going on in our world. So a lot of times the devil's temptation to me and my sinful flesh's temptation is, is not to throw Christ away, but just to kind of move him down the priority list in my life. And to think that there's so many other more important things that I need to be concerned about. Now Jesus gives a very sharp ending to this. He says, on that day meaning when he does finally return on that day, whether that's by your death or whether that's by his second coming, notice the frantic rush that there is for the oil, for having this faith in Christ as their Savior. When the warning cry goes out, now for these five foolish, it's too late. The stores have finally closed and you can't go buy more oil. And what God offers us through the church is no longer going to be available. When I was at, in college here at Bethany, I remember the chapel used to be up where the uh, bookstore is now. And I can still vividly remember even where I was sitting, there was a, a, a preacher that, that made a point in a sermon that really went right through me. And he basically said this, Right now, God holds open the window of his grace for you. But don't assume it will always be open. If you despise his word, he might finally close it and take it away. That really shook me up. That it's easy for me in my life to kind of take this wonderful grace we have in Christ and, and, and maybe, maybe not think of it so important at certain points. Notice the cold words that we have. Jesus, to those who come to the door and they're now late for entering the hall. He says, assuredly I say to you, I do not know you. Martin Luther calls those the saddest words in the whole Bible. So, the lesson from all of this, why does Jesus give us this lesson? To scare us and terrify us? No. But it's a loving warning. He wants us to make sure we don't miss out on what his whole work has come to accomplish for us, paying for our sins, all of our sins. 
and giving us the holy, perfect record that we need by faith to, to actually go through those doors into heaven someday. He has done all of this for us, and he knows what he has waiting for you. He knows exactly what this fantastic banquet is like, and the last thing he wants is for you to miss out on that because of stuff in this world that might distract you. It's too important. And so that's why he is calling on us to stay alert and ready. Notice the characteristics of the five wise virgins. They're aware of the fact that they could become lethargic. They've gone and taken the time to get extra oil. Okay? They are intent, intent on not missing his return when, when the groom will finally come. And they're longing for his arrival. They're aware of how significant and how important it is. They also understand what a great need they have for the oil. They realize the oil is everything. Having faith in Christ as our Savior, not in yourself, is everything. The oil is so significant and so important. And they're not just kind of taking all of this for granted. Just think of the final excitement that we will have when we cling to Christ as our Savior, to walk through those doors of heaven and to see this tremendous feast and banquet of, of the Lamb that will be celebrated in heaven. Your loving Savior doesn't want you to miss that. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, send forth your Son, we pray, that he may lead home his bride, the Church of Believers, that we, with all of your saints, may enter into your eternal kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.